Welcome to the Emotional Abuse Recovery Podcast, a podcast specifically designed to help you heal after a toxic or narcissistic relationship. This podcast teaches you to use your subconscious mind to go from feeling stuck to set free. In here, you will learn how to use the power of your own mind to free yourself from emotional pain, move forward with confidence, and experience the inner peace you deserve in your healing journey after emotional abuse. I'm your host and subconscious reprogramming coach, Allison Dagny. So let's get started. Hey everyone, thanks so much for coming back to listen to another episode of the Emotional Abuse Recovery Podcast. Today I have a really, really special guest that I can't wait for you to meet. Her name is Kim. And Kim is one of my former clients, and I wanted to bring her on so that she could share a little bit about her story, where she was to where she is now, and what's going on in her life, so that you guys can get some hope and inspiration from somebody like her who's been through what you've been through and who has been doing this work to up-level her life and um, doing all these wonderful things to improve herself. So Kim, thank you so much for being here. I'm so excited for this chat. So if you would just kind of tell us a little bit about you and a little bit of a history about how you came to be where you are right now. Okay. Well, thank you so much for having me. It's really nice to be here. Um, So basically um, about eight months ago, I was on my healing journey from leaving an abusive relationship and I was just feeling really stuck at the time. Um, I had been in um, talk therapy for about nine months and as much as that was helpful to me, um, I just felt like I was no longer progressing in my journey. And so I actually had come across your Instagram page and I started somehow, I'm not even sure, but I started following you. And I was very intrigued by not only your content, but just some of the testimonials that were on there from previous clients you had worked with. And it just really, um, it attracted me to the type of work that you do. Because, um, like I mentioned, I was just feeling really stuck. And I knew that I needed something different other than what I was doing. And so I was really I guess I was just searching for something just different and something that maybe um, I I hadn't done before. Like I was just, I was willing to try anything. And I think I was just really impressed by your client testimonials and the work that you had done. And I think that just like speaks volumes of your work as a coach and it got me really interested. And So yeah, you and I just started, um, you know, conversing back and forth and kind of building a bit of a uh, relationship or connection. And I just really felt like I could trust you as a person because of um, just the results that I had seen other people were having. So good. Well, thank you. And I'm really just, I'm honored to be your coach. Like you are such a like a plus student. Like, I I mean, you're not really my student, but like you are like, I don't know about that. (laughs) I love, I just loved working with you so much because you really had such an awareness of what was going on inside of you. 
And, um, you know, that probably has a lot to do with, you know, the amount of therapy that you went through as well, because, you know, when you start being really introspective and trying to like connect the dots and stuff like that, you know, you start to see differently and you start to, to think a little bit differently. And then by the time that you came to me, I was like, oh my gosh, like she's already like so aware, which is really, really helpful when you're doing this kind of work. So how do you feel, um, as far as like when you started doing this, right? You started doing this work, you've done the rapid reprogramming and all of that. What do you find, like, what do you feel like was the most challenging aspect of doing that? Because I mean, to me, it seemed like you were, it was very easy for you like to, to do it. So was there, wh- what did you find to be challenging? About the program or mm-hmm. like the yeah. rapid reprogramming? Yeah. Yeah. Um. I think the most challenging thing would probably just be like getting really clear on what beliefs I was believing, like sorting out my thoughts and my beliefs and becoming aware of how I was feeling and connecting it back to what I was believing. And then just developing a discipline of um, doing active releases, like either daily or weekly, like as much as possible, I would encourage because the more work you put in, the more you're going to get out in your results. Um, so I found it, I, I don't know if I found it challenging, it was challenging, but in a good way, like it was exactly what I was looking for. And I think, um, as I was gaining results and feeling more and more free from emotional pain, um, I think that just like that spurred me on like that, that gave me encouragement to keep going. Um, So it was challenging, but not in a bad way. Like it was, it was a good way. Yeah. I love that. And I would describe it the exact same way because it's like almost like when you're um, like working out and you get sore and you're like, Ooh, like it feels good. Like it's like, it's not like you hate being sore. It's like, you know, it's working. And I think that's probably how I would describe it. Probably a lot of people would think about it the same way. And it's like a good feeling because yes, it's a challenge to get up, get yourself out of bed and to get your clothes on and go to the gym and lift weights or run the treadmill or whatever. But like the next day you're like, Oh yeah. Okay. This is a good kind of sore. And I feel like it's similar because then you know that it's changing you. So Mm -hmm. can you give us a little bit of background? Like you're a mom, you had an emotionally abusive relationship. What was the thing that you when you say you're feeling stuck, because I want to go back to that, mm-hmm. what do you think was like the most challenging part of that for you that was hard to break through? When, like, I don't know, like a lot of people think of stuck in different ways. So what was it for you? Um, so I was just feeling like, um, you know, talking to someone about my problems almost felt like ruminating. Mm-hmm. If anyone doesn't know what that means, it means like just basically like kind of like rehearsing your thoughts over and over and over and you just get kind of you feel tired of the same thinking the same thoughts and almost like it becomes an obsession like say you're dwelling on a past relationship or I think I felt like a bit like I was in victim mentality and mode a lot which just leaves you feeling really hurt because 
you feel like, you know, there were things done to you that were unfair. There's like some injustice and it's just easy to stay in that place. Um, and I didn't like feeling that way. And I remember also feeling a lot of fear and a lot of anger, which I was able to release like almost immediately, probably within the first month or two. And I felt like that was, and also a lot of guilt, um, so all three of those emotions and as I was able to release them I just felt so much more free mm-hmm. um and I felt like like ugh, it makes me emotional but I just felt like it really transformed even some of the relationships in my life including the one I have with my ex which is you know can be kind of shocking to people yeah. but um but on a, I mean, that's a positive thing I feel like. And also even like the relationship I have with my children, right? Like I'm not, I'm not parenting out of fear or out of guilt. Um, I'm just able to, you know, release beliefs that were making me either feel guilty or making me feel like I should be doing something a certain way because of like previous programming that, or how I was parented or whatever. So being able to release that just allowed me to become the parent that I actually want to be. And that feels a lot more aligned with like, um, I guess just like how I want a parent or how I want to live. And so, and I'll also mention, um, I have found that this methodology has even helped just like remove other toxic relationships, um, including friendships from my life, which you know, could have been extremely painful, but I actually found them quite easy to let go of because of the work that I was putting in and because of um, just the education I received. And, and um, yeah, just, yeah, just in the simplicity of being able to release beliefs. um, It was, it really blew my mind and how I was able to either deal with things or walk away from things without, like I mentioned, ruminating forever and ever and ever and being like, well, why isn't it this way? Or how come they're behaving that way? Or, you know, why is that friend not being a good friend? Does that mean I'm not a good friend, you know, and being able to really just even remove those thoughts, right? Like, by, by thinking about, like, well, what else, what else could be possible, right? Like, you would always say that to me, or, um, yeah, so there's like, there's different questions that I've now, um, kind of developed or questions that are on repeat sometimes in my head where I I will now challenge when when I notice I'm feeling a negative way or I'm sad or or I'm not feeling how I want to feel I'll just like simply ask myself a question like well what else could be right like and it's just really powerful because then I can just start being open to, um, believing new beliefs and new thoughts. And like, it's just as easy as being able to kind of take that thought captive. Right. And, and just not reverse it, but change it. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And Mm -hmm. I love that. And, you know, what you said was so important, I think for people to know, and like for us to focus on is that when you remove the emotion out of some of these things, um, you can show up differently, right? Like if you're not parenting out of guilt, you're going to be in your child's best interest, right? Like the parent Mm -hmm. who's parenting out of guilt will give their child everything the child wants, 
Mm-hmm. Right. That's not necessarily in the best interest of the child. Right. So right. we remove emotions. And like you said, with a with a toxic friend, right? When you mm-hmm. remove the emotion, you can show up as somebody who is able to set boundaries, is right. doesn't let people walk, walk all over them. Right. So and you've experienced some of that. So yeah. I think you know it's really important for people to know and understand that this isn't about like changing what you believe or like bringing on new beliefs or anything. It's about changing your perspective. Mm-hmm. And when you do that, then you can kind of get the emotion out of the way so that you mm-hmm. can actually show up as the most true and authentic version of yourself. So you're not clouded by mm-hmm. that. Would you agree? Yes, totally. Yeah. Yeah. I would totally agree with that. And I think one thing that I learned was just like to not take other people's behavior personally, because it's almost always, well, it is about them, right? Like it's not about you. How people respond to you is based on their own programming. It's based on how they were raised on like the millions of thoughts that they've ever believed. And uh, yeah, like it's, it's not up to us to take responsibility for how other people behave. And so if you can, if you can realize that the only responsibility that you need to take is, you know, what's on you and not what's from other people, I just think it can be very freeing. And I think you also are able to teach other people around you too, like in your new behavior um, how you're not going to allow their behavior to affect you. Right. Yeah. So, and I just think, so I think it has a positive effect on other people around you as well, because they're like, Oh, well, that's a new response from Kim. She's not usually like that. Like she usually says yes to everything. Why is she saying no to me now? Like what is going on? You know? So I think that it's also really helped me. Like I had a, a tendency to people please like really badly before. And and I dug into that and, and sometimes that comes down to like a, you know, feeling worthy or not good enough or whatever, trying to prove yourself or prove your love. And, and so that's been a really big area that I've, I've focused on too, because I feel like that can spill into so many other areas and benefit your life. If you do focus on that, like your own worthiness and not again, allowing other people to determine like that you're worthy or what your value is. Exactly. What do you feel like was the, I mean, that sounds like that was a pretty big moment for you, but what do you feel like was maybe the biggest aha moment for you and during our time together? That's a good question. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know if there was only one. (laughs) Um, Oh, geez. Um, Honestly, I, I, I know one I can answer. think of right now. That's do you? Okay. A funny okay. one was about Is it? what the cleaning. Oh <gasps> yes. Well, even when you were talking about the the exercising a while ago, I thought it's like the cleaning. Okay. So let's talk about that. Okay. Um, So yeah. So <laughs> I joined these clutter bug. I, it's really funny. So backstory um, or a little info about me, like I'm ADHD and I'm not a very clean, like I'm clean, but I'm not a super tidy person. Like often you'll find messes around me. They somehow follow me. But anyways, um, I got to a point where I was like, you know, can I use this on like developing better habits, like around the house? And you, and you were like, yeah, absolutely. You can use this on everything. 
So I started to join these clutter bug groups and like organize your home and all of this stuff. And I felt so out of place being there. But anyways, I posted a couple photos of like the disaster my house was in. And I got so much sympathy from or sympathy, empathy, whatever, um, from people in this group. And I gave them a little bit of like backstory of what I had been through in the last year. And I just felt so much like grace from these people and compassion and empathy. And, and it was so powerful to me. Like, I was just like, wow, like these people really get it. They've been here before. Like maybe I'm being too hard on myself. And then instead of me just continuing to think, oh, I'm so bad at cleaning, like I'm just always messy, I started challenging those thoughts and I started re like rewriting new beliefs. And I, you know, I started thinking of times when when I haven't been messy or when there are times like such as when someone says they're going to come over tomorrow where I'll just clean my house like for two or three hours and get it clean. And so it's not a matter of me not being good at cleaning. It's a matter of me not always prioritizing it because it's not a huge interest to me. Right. It's not something I'm passionate about. I mean, I don't know who's passionate about cleaning their house. There are some people, I'm sure. But so that was, it was a huge aha moment, just showing myself what I am capable of um, and to not to not tell myself, oh, you're horrible at cleaning or because that is just not going to get you motivated to want to clean. And so, it, yeah, you're right. That was a total aha moment for me. Like it seems so small, but it really has like encouraged me through the months to, you know, whatever I kind of focus on, I can achieve. It's not a matter of me not being able to do it. It's a matter of me like, you know, just prioritizing it or whether or not I want to. Right. And kind of also focusing on the end goal and the outcome of like, okay, well, I do really like having a clean house. Right. Was some of that, some of the stuff like, I'm horrible at cleaning like, or some of those stories Yeah, or th- was that from somewhere else? Like, did you figure out where that was coming from? Um, yeah, I'm sure like thoughts like that can come from like, you know, growing up and maybe never having a tidy room or, you know, maybe your parents tell you like, clean up your room. Your room's always such a mess. And, you know, of course you can continue to believe that even from thoughts you were told when you were seven years old, right? Or one thing I can think of is when I was in elementary school, I had a, or sorry, it was junior high. I had a math teacher tell me I wasn't good at math, like straight out, like you're not very good at math. And so I've, (laughs) I have always kind of had that belief, but you can, you can release it like, and you can challenge it and you can prove yourself you can prove to yourself otherwise, right? It's just yeah, a matter believe of believe what we want to believe. Like we get to choose. Absolutely. Like we don't yes. have to believe that I used to have the same one. And a lot of that yeah. came from my ex and saying mm-hmm. that I didn't have um the capability yeah. to these complexities and I yeah. was math. And I was like, hold on, like yeah. I challenged those things and now I'm like, I'm not saying I'm like a superstar at math, but I'm not bad at math. Like that was the thing that needed to shift for me. Like this belief that somehow I was inherently bad at it. So right. I'm so glad you shared that because it also shows too, that this stuff works for pretty much anything. You know, you needed a little nudge. You got that nudge in that Facebook group. And then you were like, hang on, 
Like what are, what are all these beliefs that are like mm-hmm. actually keeping me feeling this way? I mean, there can be guilt about it. Like I should be doing this or I should, you know, like we just want to get that stuff out of the way and it can work for anything. So one thing I would love to know about you is what are you doing in your life right now that is different from what you did before you started the program? How does your life look different? Meaning in a positive way, how has your life changed? Well, I am currently enrolled in a certification program to learn this methodology even further on a deeper level so that I can actually teach it to clients and students myself, which so that's a change that I've made. And that simply comes from, um, I guess, just like the passion and the interest that I've found in this type of work. Um And if I hadn't, if it weren't for my own transformation and being so impressed by the results, I don't think I would necessarily do that. So that's how much I believe in this rapid reprogramming. Um, So my life is different now. Um, I just, I don't know. I think I feel a lot more positive, like my outlook on my future and where I'm going. Like I have a lot more hope for that. Um, I just, I have a lot of confidence in the direction that I'm going and, and yeah, I'm just, I'm super excited. I'm just really excited about the work that I'm going to be doing with people and being able to help people. Like, I think that's just, I've always had a passion to help people, but to be able to kind of pair this along with other things that I do to, you know, provide services and, um, I guess, like motivation and inspiration for people to like change their lives positively. Like, I think they just, um, yeah, they just, they pair well together. And so I don't know. I, I, I feel, sorry, go ahead. (laughs) Yeah. It's like really, it's really exciting that you're doing that. I'm like so excited for you because that was similar to my experience because once I started doing rapid reprogramming for myself, I was like, Oh, wait a minute. Like (laughs) something to this, I've got to teach people how to do this. Right. Exactly. It it is so helpful to get into your. And honestly, like I, I have had like a couple handfuls of friends already like reach out to me for help or like, Hey, like, I know you've like kind of gone through something similar to what I'm facing now. Like, what did you do or what did you find helpful? And so even being able to help friends that are in my life and seeing positive, like them have, even though I haven't worked with them, like they're not clients of mine, but even the influence that I've like begun to develop, it's been, it's been really encouraging that I've been able to help. So I have like no doubt that I'm just going to really be um, just continue to be excited about this work. And I just feel like it gives me a lot of purpose. Yeah. It sounds like there's a lot of positive things, right? When you came to me, I remember there was a lot of not so positive things going on and you have changed so much. I'm so proud of you. And, you. you know, like, yes, this work is amazing. And it works, but it only works if you do it, right? Like totally. you showed up, you committed and you were like, I'm done. Like, I'm not doing, I'm not <laughs> doing this anymore. Like, I, And you're just like, 
at it. So yeah. there has to be, that has to be called out that it's not just like, you're going to come to me and get this mm-hmm. magic release. Like, no, you yeah. have to put in the work, just like going mm-hmm. to the gym, just like going to physical therapy, just like anything that you want to get better at, you know, so totally. you got to get the credit for that. Um, and a lot of my clients do the exact same thing. You know, the more work they're putting in, the greater results they're getting out of it. So what, mm-hmm. what would you say is something that you could either advice or a word of wisdom to people who might be struggling with this, like what you said, like feeling stuck or ruminating? Um, like, what would you say? Well, I would say I've totally been there and it's kind of a really crappy place to be. Um, and some advice I would say is like the sooner that, and the more that you focus on your recovery journey, the sooner you're going to get results. And the, and like you just mentioned, the more you put in, the more you're going to get out. So this, like, I would be serious about your recovery journey. Like if you really want to change, like you have to be committed to it. And I think you should just make it like, well, in, in my case, I made it like my priority over the last probably 12 months. I've just really been focused on my recovery journey and I have zero regrets. I feel like it has really put me in such a good position to move forward in life. And um, like nobody likes feeling stuck. And so I would just say that like you are worth the investment. I would encourage you because I think there's a lot of women or people that especially if they struggle with like spending money on themselves or investing like um, I don't I don't think that um, like I think what you get out of it is far worth more than like what you put into it honestly like it but I know that like it, like even a financial investment can be a total roadblock for people because they're like, oh, well, I just don't spend that much money on myself or whatever. But I just think that if you really want the results you're looking for, like um, like there are ways <laughs> to make it happen. And I, I can just vouch from my own personal experience that um, it was like thousand percent worth it for me. And I don't think there's anything more important than investing in yourself and your own like um, self-improvement and personal development because it just everything in your life is going to be affected by it and impacted like your your job and your friendships and your you know all the relationships in your life your family so and I guess I also was just like, okay, well, coming from an unhealthy relationship, like I want to, my focus should be on getting me healthy so that I'm never in a position to ever even consider something like that again, you know? And so, yeah, I didn't, I didn't focus on working. I focused on like myself and my heart and like, and my mind. And I have zero regrets about it. I think it was the best thing I, I could ever do for myself. You I love that. I mean, that is the epitome of self-love, the epitome of self-worth, you know, taking action in that way. And I love that. Do you find just out of curiosity, because I just, I don't know if I've ever asked you this. um, Do you find that when you were doing it with me, doing the releases and, you know, on paper and because I, you know, I tell everybody, you got to put it on paper, you got to put it on paper. Do you find Mm -hmm. now that you're automatically Mm -hmm. doing it in your brain? 
I find that I'm definitely I'm I'm always doing it probably more times than I realize and eat like daily on a daily basis. But in the beginning, I would say for the first like at least three months, maybe I was having to put it pen to paper because until you get really good at recognizing the your thoughts and beliefs, like and they're like and just. I guess the education that I've gotten in the certification program so far, like actually when you write, like when you put pen to paper, it uses like it accesses your subconscious brain. That's how you access your subconscious brain. And so until you have some training in subconscious like work, you're not going to know how to do it just in your brain. So it's very, very important. And it is, it's almost like you shouldn't, you shouldn't be doing it until you know how to do it and you learn how to do it by doing it on pen and paper. And I'll tell you that there are still things that come up in my life where I feel stuck or I don't don't like the way I'm feeling. And I like I'll probably just automatically try running it through my brain. But if I'm still like if I'm ruminating or if I'm thinking about it, if it's becoming a focus to me, then I absolutely will take out my journal and I'll write it down and I'll write it out. And I will tell you that you will get like your release will be five times better if you write it down than if you're just doing it in your mind. But I mean, if you're driving the car, you should be <laughs> doing it in your mind and not like on your pen and paper. Yeah. So I would say I do both because um, yeah. I see value in both. But doing it just in your mind is only kind of a temporary fix. If you want like true, true release and true healing, you need to write it down. Yeah. And I think yeah. eventually like it becomes your new automatic, right? Because you've trained your brain so much that like I said, I do it so much. I don't even really realize how much I'm doing it in my brain right? because it's becoming that automatic habit for you where it's not something you really even have to think about anymore, which is great because that's the new automatic. I I don't want to be feeling this. I want to be feeling that. I don't want to be feeling angry. I want to be feeling at peace or whatever. And so then you're able Mm -hmm. to just make that the new autopilot. And I had a client tell me the other day that she was in the shower and she was thinking (laughs) of her beliefs and like you were Mm -hmm. talking about driving and you're thinking Mm -hmm. that's because your brain goes on autopilot in those Mm -hmm. states, right? You're, you have more access to your subconscious when you're writing, Mm -hmm. you said, Mm -hmm. and when you get into this like different brainwave state where you don't have to like think. So like when you're driving, you, if, unless you're going somewhere that you've never been before, if you're just driving yeah. down a road that you always drive down, you may not yeah. even realize how you got from point A to point B because no. you're autopilot, but your brain right. thinking of all kinds of things and, you know, mm-hmm. pondering up ideas or thinking of the past or the future or whatever. Mm-hmm. Same thing when you're showering, if you're on a walk, different times like that, your brain gets into that kind of subconscious state. So I'm glad you brought mm-hmm. that up because- that's a really good way for people to start paying attention to their thoughts is mm-hmm. when you're in those kinds of brainwave states, or like if you're consciously trying to do it, like by journaling or writing it out. So mm-hmm. um, I'm really glad that brought you brought that up. So I'm, I'm super excited and congratulations on your new business venture. Um, Thank you. One thing, is there anything else that you wanted to bring up or talk about before I ask you my, my really fun question that I want to ask you? <laughs> I think, uh, and I don't know how I want to answer that fun one yet. <laughs> um, what did I else I want to? Oh, one thing I want to, I never talked about it yet, but 
One of the things I really loved about you, Allison, as a coach was um, just how, how willing you were to just be there. Like, you know, I almost felt like you were there too much for me, like sometime, not too much. That's not a thing, but you know what I mean? Like, I think you give like immense value for your programs. And so I don't think people realize how invested you are as a coach. And I think that's something really important. Um, Well, that's just something really unique about you is like, you really care about the outcome of people and you meet them where they're at. And I just think also that like, you're very, you're very gracious with how you talk. Like you can give like tough love, but like in such a sweet way. (laughs) You know, like you you can challenge people, but like it sounds it sounds nicer than we would do to ourselves. And and so you really keep it real and you're good about seeing things from a different way. Um, And so, yeah, I just really like applaud you on that. And thank you for being that way as a coach and a friend. I love that about you. Yeah, I appreciate that so much because it is part of my main driver is to be that support because I know what that's like not to have like somebody Mm -hmm. right there, you know, to help you. And I have, I'll just tell you, I have a lot of clients who never message me in between and they have unlimited support to me. Like I have some that don't ever, and that's fine. They may want to just, that's their program. They want to do it on their own. They want to see if they can figure it out by themselves. Maybe they Mm -hmm. think that they're bothering me. I don't know, but I offer it to everyone. And I am Mm -hmm. like, some people are like, they they probably think, I don't know what they think, but some of my clients who message me probably think, does she ever not, is she ever not on her phone? <laughs> I respond she's, so she quickly. sleeps four hours a night, actually. <laughs> Just but, but I don't, that's the weird thing. It's like, yeah, I have a lot of other things going on in my life. I do a lot of stuff, but like when my clients need me, I yeah. am there to support them because I don't want you to have to wait a week yeah. just to get mm-hmm. a shift or just to feel differently because- right. Your success is my success, right? I've done my job. It's sort of like if you're teaching um, a kid to, I don't know, ride a bike, you know, like Mm -hmm. you could be there the whole time that they're learning. Mm -hmm. You got it. You can't run, Mm -hmm. you can't let go. Like you got to hold, you got to run with them down the driveway, right? Because they're going to fall, right? So that's what I want to do is be there with them. And then at the end, I can let them go and they know how to ride themselves. Like that's my goal. I don't, I don't want anybody to be with Ever. And the sooner you ask for help, if you're struggling with something, the sooner you're able to start doing it on your own. So there's no shame in like no. reaching out, asking for help. Or like I know when I was first doing the love process and releasing beliefs, um, I was having a hard time like wording the beliefs. Like they would come out and they'd be a little weird. And then you would help me kind of like reframe how they sounded or whatever, just so that yeah, you could do the, you could work the methodology better. And I just found that really helpful too. And I just found you were always approachable. Like you're like, you know, never hesitate to ask me, even if you want me to recognize what your beliefs are for you, because some people like, that's really hard actually in the beginning when you don't have any practice with it. Right. Even just recognizing what your beliefs are, but it's a lot easier for someone else in talking to you to be like, Oh, like me, perhaps yeah. this is a belief. This is yeah. a belief. Like you would always get like 13 when you were talking to me and I would get like two. So I'm like, oh my goodness. 
<laughs> she yeah, because you're right. Well. <laughs> People don't always realize what their beliefs are, right? And beliefs show right. up in disguise too, like questions. Like you would say mm-hmm. things like questions, like why are they acting like this, or or like what's the reason for that like and these are beliefs in disguise that most people don't even know and some people i have a, a client who speaks in i feel statements a lot she'll say i feel like that this could have gone so much better right mm-hmm. well the belief is this could have gone so much better right not i feel mm-hmm. right but a lot of times when you ask people how they feel and their emotions mm-hmm. they use the i feel statement so they think that's their emotions but it's not it's really their belief so there's a lot mm-hmm. of like nuanced little things. I'm sure you're learning too, as you're mm-hmm. becoming a coach as well. There's a lot of very mm-hmm. nuanced things that um, it's part of the training. And that's why I am so involved in the beginning. Cause I, I don't want you to feel confused. I don't want you to feel like mm-hmm. you can't figure out what's going on in your own head. And so that's a big piece of it. So I'm glad you brought that up. Thank you so much for that. I really do appreciate it. Okay. So mm-hmm. now it's my favorite question. Anybody who's listened to my podcast knows that when I have a guest on, I ask this question and I want to know if you could tell us something that not a lot of people know about Kim. Okay. So I didn't know how to answer this, but um, I'm going to say probably that I love to sing. Like I really love music and it's something that I kind of always have, but I, it's interesting how when you do go through like a healing journey, how you can discover like what, what things you're interested in and how they can really open up. And well, I think it's also like an identity thing too, when you don't know who you are, like when you've been in like a not so healthy relationship or when someone's always telling you who you are, right. It's hard to know who you are. So um, so yeah, I, I sing and I'm in a band and I really like music and it's just something like I'm becoming more and more passionate about. And I also find it's like super like therapeutic for me and reg- like it helps me regulate emotions. And, and so, yeah, that's what I thought of. <laughs> I, love that. I love that. So are you going to sing for us now? I'm just kidding. No. <laughs> I don't know that I'm a good singer, but I'm a singer. <laughs> I'm sure you're an amazing singer. Actually, I've heard you yeah. sing before on oh, your gosh. on one of your socials. I've heard you sing. <laughs> um, it's embarrassing. You know, you know, I like to sing too. Um, and I haven't, <laughs> I haven't sang. Is it sang? I haven't sang. I haven't yeah. sang in a while. Um, but I will tell you a really funny story. I got okay. pulled over by the by a police officer with my kids in the car oh, because. No because I was speeding, but I was speeding because I was singing. So like, oh my goodness, driving so fast. I was probably going like 20 over, like no joke, but I didn't even realize it because I was just like, I had the radio up and I was just like jamming, blasting it. (laughs) And he, he, he comes, he pulls me over. My kids are like, mom, you got pulled over. I'm like, Oh Oh, no, be quiet. Everybody don't say anything. So he comes to the window, tap, tap, tap. You know, I roll the window down. Hi. He's like, (laughs) do you know why I pulled you over, ma'am? I'm like, yes, because I was speeding. And he goes, oh, you should have said it because I was singing too oh, loud. I did. I did. He goes, and why were you speeding? And I said, because I was jamming out my car with my kids and I was singing and I wasn't paying attention. Aww. Did you get off on it? I hope I so. He, he let me know. Oh, that's amazing. It was the truth. Like it was totally the truth. Like I wasn't lying. I was like, I was just like, it was just, I was in the moment and I was just singing and having a blast. And I just wasn't paying attention to my speed 
lesson learned. I'll just use cruise control next time. I feel like <laughs> my car to keep my speed at the pro- proper, um, at the proper speed so that I don't get pulled over or that's awesome. Know, not just get pulled over, but you know, it's not, it's not safe. So, but yeah, so yeah. I, I have that in common with you. I love singing as well. Nice. So maybe we'll do it one day or something. Oh, that'd be great. <laughs> we'll kidding. do a TikTok I'll or never, something. Never. Okay. Then you can just like hide. Not my- in either of our careers. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you, Kim. Thank you so much. Can you, if you want people to connect with you on your socials, um, let us know where they can find you. Okay. So my Instagram is Kim, K-I-M dot Kinea, K-E-N-E-Q-A. That is my Instagram handle, or you can find me on Facebook, same name. All right. Awesome. And I'll link those. Um, in the show notes for anybody who wants to connect with Kim. Kim is an amazing human being. She is so motivated and driven and she's got a lot of great things on the horizon for her in her life. And I can't wait to see what's next. So thanks for being here. Thank you so much for having me. It was my pleasure. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast. I just wanted to remind you all that on January 24th, 25th, and 28th, I am doing another round of Shift Happens. And I'd love for you to join and come to this three-day event where we're going to learn all about the subconscious mind. We're going to have some fun. We have some activities planned. And I just really want this time to be about you learning and being able to get some clarity, some shifts, and to help you stop ruminating and feel more joy in your life. So if this is something that you're interested in, don't forget to register. You can get the link in the bottom of the show notes here. And if you already came to the last session, that's fine. You can still show up to this one too, or as many as that you can make. And there will always be replays available after we are finished with each session. So Uh, Mark your calendars for January 24th, which is a Wednesday, the 25th, which is a Thursday, and the 28th, which is a Sunday. So I really am looking forward to this. They're a lot of fun, and it's totally free. No charge. Just come, show up, have a little fun, learn something new, and I'll see you there. Thank you for being here with me today in the Emotional Abuse Recovery Podcast. I hope you found value here with me. If this podcast episode was helpful to you, I'd love for you to hit subscribe and leave me a review. My goal is to help you go from feeling stuck to set free. You can find me on Instagram and Facebook, and you can check out whentearsleavescars.com for more resources and information to help you with your own emotional abuse recovery. Until next time, here's to believing in